Yes, people, how are you all doing? I hope everyone's doing well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today we are joined by a very special guest who we're very happy to have on the podcast. I may or may not have butchered his name when I introed him on the podcast, but we'll just forget about that. Today's guest is Mr. Josh Bridgman. So if you don't know who Josh is, you need to get to know. But Josh is an online coach, bodybuilder, YouTuber. He's got his own podcast called Bridging the Gap. So he's a big influence on social media. So we talk a little bit with Josh about his early days in school. Uh, He used to play for Aston Villa Football Club when he was young, then transitioned over to rugby playing for Gloucester. And he actually had the opportunity to play against England under-18s at one time. We talk about how his rugby career came to an end. Then he started out in uni and then we discuss his dealings with anxiety, how it all started, how it progressed, but how he eventually got to the point where he flipped the switch and then started a new career, which was in bodybuilding, starting off his YouTube, his online coaching, his Instagram and how it kind of progressed from there. We talk a little bit about the pressures that he feels from being such a big influence on a lot of people's lives, the ups and downs and how he's progressed in his career that way. And then we finally touch up on some bodybuilding, specifically steroid use, as Josh is an open steroid user. So we talk a bit about the misconceptions of taking steroids, the do's and don'ts, and a bit of advice that Josh gives for anybody who is even considering going down that route. So it's a great episode, a pleasure having Josh on. We'll get on with the episode. This is Process. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. Today we're joined by a very special guest. It's a pleasure having him on the podcast, Josh Bridgman. Bridgman, God, I can't be here. I always butchered your name. Josh Bridgman. Um, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you, man. I appreciate if you uh, having me on here. Yeah, so if you don't know Josh, you need to get to know first of all, but Josh is a bodybuilder, online coach, a YouTuber as well, and he's obviously started his podcast, Bridging the Gap, so... We'll talk a little bit about his journey starting from maybe back when you were in school, kind of where you your bodybuilding passion came from, where, where it kind of all started from. Yeah, man. Um, like I, I always played sport literally from, from a young age. Like my, my family is a sporting family, so we, I was kind of just pushed in that direction, but I naturally fell into that direction. So a lot of football, cross-country, swimming, literally everything you can imagine I did. Um, literally tried to be a footballer for a very, very long time and... Yeah. And I think the the overdoing of just one thing made me just literally 180 it and just say, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I played Chatham Found Youth, I played Aston Villa Youth, and like it was four or five times a week, every single week for years and years on end. And I don't know if whatever my child mindset, I wish I didn't now, I would be a millionaire, maybe me, who knows. Yeah. Um, but my child mindset just, and for whatever reason, I said, I don't want to do football anymore. Literally woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to do it. So started pursuing rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing that, realized that there's a more physical aspect to rugby. Um, so I needed a bit more size. And not that I trained for the size, just in doing rugby when you're younger, you got more explosive movements. You're kind of pushing people. So you, you're loading, technically, you're still loading, yeah. you're loading a muscle more than what you would be in football. So I started to get bigger legs and, and started to go through that way. Then I got much better and I, and I played at Gloucester Rugby Club as a, in the academy um, until under 17. So I played in the under 18s, but I was like 16. Um, and then I got kicked out because I was, they may have just been saying this, I've, I'm still going to take it as they're saying this, but they said, uh, you are not progressing physically enough. So I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not 
because I didn't, I didn't enjoy the gym there. I didn't, you know, I'd go in and I remember I had 50 kilo on a bench press and I could barely move it next to these guys doing 100 kilo about 15, 16 years old. And I didn't enjoy it. I went in there, I used to dread it. Um, and yeah, I literally, you know, I got kicked out for that and carried, just carried on playing rugby, not really going to the gym too much until like I went to the gym every now and again, just to kind of get abs. Literally, that's always in my head. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I went to university when I was 19. That was the first year where I kind of fell in love with YouTube and the fitness, the fit fluencers, you know, Guzman, my August, the old school. I don't know how old you are, but I'm 27. So they were, they were the guys when I was growing up. Yeah. And I fell in love with what they're doing. Christian Guzman started doing a summer shredding, competing. My ogre started competing. And I thought, what's this competing stuff? It looks amazing. And, and I just kind of, I really only trained to kind of get bigger and kind of get a whatever arbitrary number in, in, in the, on, on a bench press. I, was, I want a 140 bench. I want a 180 deadlift. That's all I kind of thought about in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, like a, a flyer was put in our, in our local gym or in our university gym. And it was for Mr. University. So I was, you know, my, yeah. my ears pricked up. It was about five weeks away from when I saw the flyer and, and my friend uh, managed to convince me into doing it. Yeah. So I kind of just, I took that leap and just thought, you know what, oh, let's try it. And I fell in love with it from then. Yeah. So going back, it was interesting. I didn't realize you used to play football as well. So that's kind of my background football. So when you was at 14, 15, you kind of start playing. Do you feel like because you were playing so much and I know it's like, like the academies and stuff, like, do you feel like because you were trained so much and it took away from your social life that you maybe like that's kind of what pushed you from falling out of love? Well, I don't know how much you enjoyed it kind of thing. Yeah. Do you feel like it did push you kind of away from it? Uh, you know what? Like, I honestly don't know why I, it pushed me away from it. Um, yeah. I still managed a pretty good social life. Like I've always been a, a, a relatively social person until I started bodybuilding and now I'm, <laughs> much, le- now I'm much less sociable. So yeah. I, I don't think it was that. I don't think it took me away from what I wanted to do. I don't think it, it, I, I think it may have just got too much and I was just focusing on one thing so much that I just overdid it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If that's even a thing, you know, there's so many factors to that, right? How, how was I coached? How my parents influenced me? Did my parents push me too hard? My mom was always very pushy on, on football and whatnot. So maybe that was just my, yeah, you know, me kick, kicking back and stuff, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of kids are like, it's not as if they're pushed into it, but it's almost like, especially in England, right, in Britain in general, like it's like the automatic thing, right, I'm going to go and play football. And I think maybe lads yeah, get, yeah. like a lot of lads get to like, that I know like 15, 16, who I know are really good players, but they're just like, either go out and it's when alcohol gets in, like started and drugs and stuff and they kind of go down that route yeah. or they maybe lose interest and find other things. But I do think the amount of training and stuff that, that the young lads get put into kind of, because it is, I remember six week holidays. I never used to have a six weeks holiday at like 15, 16, just because we'd be in. I don't know if it was the same with you. Like when we got any, any holidays, we, you were in training quite a lot. Same, same, yeah. Literally, yeah. like when holiday season was just training season, you just train more. Yeah, I know, which yeah, I, I think well. I've talked about it in a previous podcast or something. It kind of like limits you to what you can do outside of football as well, because it just like your whole life. So, like, if you love yeah. football, it's great. But if, you, if you've got other interests and stuff, it does limit you. So talking a bit about starting YouTube, I looked back a few before the podcast, a few of your old like first videos, was it like six, seven years ago when you first yeah. started? And yeah, literally six years. It's crazy how long ago it is. Yeah, it's mental. So just kind of what made you kind of want to start YouTube? Uh, those fitfluencers, literally, dude, I, start, I started YouTube to be someone else. That was mm-hmm. the, the goal. Like I, was, I went into YouTube to be Christian Guzman. 
I was yeah. like, that guy has my the guy the life I want. I'm gonna do that. It was ne- wasn't necessarily the right decision, like the right way to go into that because I didn't, didn't necessarily find my YouTube identity or my social media identity for a few years down the line because I was yeah. just trying to emulate people. Um, but that was it. Like I wanted to live that lifestyle. I wanted to get paid to go to the gym, like very superficial. I wanted to, you know, there was no like, I want to help people in it. Unfortunately, that's the reality of it. I was yeah. just like, I want to be these guys. Right. But then once you get a sense of, you know, when you've got a couple of thousand, maybe you've changed a few people's lives and you kind of get that feedback from them. You get that like, oh, this is the true purpose of what these guys are doing. They're not yeah. doing it for this to be YouTube influencers. They're not doing it to be millionaires and alpha They're not doing it for that. They're doing it because they're changing lives. And mm-hmm. once I started realizing I was sort of doing that, it was it was almost like a, a light bulb moment. And I was like, oh, can I can do this now? I can be a movement. I can change people's lives. I can change hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people's lives, and that's uh-huh. that's where like the, the that's where me came out. I think that's where like the real me came out. Yeah, I think because a lot of people do start like quote unquote bodybuilding. Like you start YouTube and stuff for the, it's almost like an internal ego thing because yeah. that is that is why the majority of the reason why like I started going to the gym a little bit more was a little bit football wise, but also because you want to look good kind of thing. It is very egotistic. But then when you yeah. can start helping people and stuff, maybe in the gym, somebody might come up and ask some question. Oh, like how did you get so big? How did you do this? And you give them that advice, and then they come back a few yeah. weeks later and said, Oh, mate, I tried this. This yeah. really helped me kind of thing. You probably that's probably what like start it and you get that like buzz off it exactly that same thing just like you 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 get that that slight ego trip of and and you know what like i've always i know like people say ego is the enemy and 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 you you know get rid of your ego like i'm a big believer that a bit of ego is is quite healthy because it keeps you competitive it keeps you motivated it keeps things moving you it's got to be the right type of ego right it's not going to be like some arrogant i'm better than you type ego but actually oh you got it good i'm going to work that hard too so i'm better than you type thing like that that innate uh, competitiveness in terms of ego is quite healthy yeah so that's kind of you know i think yeah initially that 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 physical superficial like yeah i want to be big i want to look better but that gives you confidence and, and you walk into a room and you're not the skinniest smallest guy which is what you were thinking about before you know you're actually a bit fuller a bit you know you think you know what i've got something that i can offer people and and, and that you don't even realize when you're starting bodybuilding you're just like i want to get a bit bigger but then yeah. you get these benefits of having more confidence, which actually makes you less arrogant because you don't need to be arrogant to compensate for anything else because you're just confident and you're like, you know what? I know what I'm talking about. If you want yeah. a conversation, we want it. If not, not, you know? Yeah, 100%. So what, were you, what was your training? I'm going to be interested in look like, what was your training when you first started bodybuilding? Was it just the stereotypical? High rep warrior, yeah. High rep yeah. warrior. Just, <laughs> just, just, I just had that, well, it's, it's like the same philosophy, but like I'm just looking to just, I was looking to destroy that muscle until I couldn't lift the weight again, you know? So yeah. it was... A minimum of three or four sets, minimum of like three or four drop sets and everything. And just yeah. not as tactical as where I am right now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I still grew. I still grew. I still I still got strong. I still like with despite all the crazy volume I did, I still got to a one forty bench, you know, by twenty two years old, twenty three years decent. old when I was natural. Like it still still made that progress. So is when the argument comes up, oh, high volume or RPE or high intensity, low volume, it's just like, well, I've done them all and they all work. So yeah, you know, pick the one that you that you like the most. Yeah, because because you have the more high intensity approach. There is a lot of different like Matt Orbis and stuff. He's very much about the the kind of people reps like longer, yeah, reps and reserves and all that sort very of stuff. So yeah, so there's, there is so many different types of training. It's just whatever you enjoy. Like you talk a lot about like the, the mindset, the mentality you have, like putting 100 percent into that one set that kind of suits you better. 
because it's exactly, our mentality. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. A, it's a big thing. What's, what are some of the things that you kind of wish you could say to like, even yourself or just like young bodybuilders starting like maybe three or four things that when you're starting off that you wish you'd done yourself? Uh, I wish I'd asked more questions. Mm-hmm. Like, not, like I've always been pretty rubbish at confrontation. <laughs> and like that, that, like the anxiety thing that you're talking about earlier, like yeah, yeah. We'll touch on it's that. like I had, like when I was younger and I probably should have mentioned, I had like performance anxiety. So I really struggled to perform on a big game or a new environment or a new person, even down to the, to the takeaway Friday. Josh, can you just call the Chinese? Uh, 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 I don't want to talk to a stranger on a phone like that yeah. type of that type of anxiety. So, um, I would have said like just ask more questions because in asking those questions, you learn that you're only going to be right or you're going to learn something, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's no, no really like there's no real issue of being wrong. Like, I'm yeah. wrong every single day, you know. It's uh-huh. just that I was always afraid to be wrong. I was always afraid to ask a stupid question. I was always afraid to question why someone would do something even though it didn't make sense and I'd carry on doing that thing that didn't make sense because I wouldn't question it. So for a long time, I was like, why would I not do 17 drop sets on my biceps? It doesn't make sense not to do that. Yeah. Well, asking the question is what, actually, what if I'm really tired for the next session? What if I can't lift my arms the next day? I didn't, didn't, I didn't want to ask those questions in case I got an answer that I didn't want to hear because I was afraid for whatever reason, you know, that insecurity in, in, in being wrong. Yeah, so talking a little bit about your anxiety and stuff, when did that, did, where do you think it stemmed from originally or do you think you were always just quite a shy person? But like, obviously like now you're a, it, yeah. you can tell you're a completely different person to back, back when you obviously talk about this anxiety. When do you think it stemmed from and started? I do, I, I do often think about it um, because I can't help think that life would have been very, very different, but also I'm very appreciative to where I am right now. Yeah. I, I was like, without short of, the the ego thing coming back in i was really really good when i was younger like i was honestly i was the kid who was the best on every single team no matter where i went you know mm-hmm. football rugby cricket like all those things i just was good at, at sport and and when it went from a school level to a club level it was the same but as soon as it came to a a county trial as soon as it kept like i, I, I swear I, this is hindsight right everyone always says this back in my day i could have done this i feel like i could have played for england man like i was i was left footed i was tall i was fast i was lean i was skillful but as soon as i got to a county trial as soon as i got to like when i played for gloucester rugby i I played against england once england under 18s for the for the the under 16s uh i played all these teams and every single one of those games i choked i just choked i couldn't for whatever reason i had this this pressure across my chest that just didn't allow me to think straight i remember one time i play on the wing i'm the yeah. last person on the on the side i grab a ball and i just fling it to my side and i know, I know there's no one there yeah. because i'm just not thinking straight i'm panicking and, and i'll never forget that moment that was against england as well and that, and that was where my rugby career was just like ah fucked it um <laughs> yeah i i honestly don't know where it stems from maybe i put the pressure on myself to perform for my parents maybe i put myself I always had people around me say, oh my God, look at that left-footed kid. He's this, he's that, you know, uh-huh. because I would, I could, you know, I was like G-Bell, Gareth Bell back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, fine. yeah, literally. But I just, I could never perform. And then, I'd, you know what? The next day I'd go back and play for my club and I was amazing again. And, and, and then once you've flopped one or two times, it's in your head that I'm going to flop again. And that performance is like, yeah. it got worse, it got worse, it got worse and it got worse. And, uh-huh. And that led into more anxieties in my life. That that 
fear of new surroundings, that fear of new people. So when I went to when I went to uni, I couldn't go to lectures. I I, I missed one lecture and I thought I can't go to another lecture. They're going to judge me for not going to the first lecture. Then I didn't go to two. Then I'm like I can't do it because I've missed the first two. And it was this horrible cycle of just being anxious about what everyone thought all the time. Yeah. And that that's like from uni. That's where it stemmed from performance anxiety at, at, at school and I actually I couldn't put a finger on where that came from other than you know assuming the pressure I put on myself my parents put push on me and yeah coaches and stuff it's crazy it's crazy hearing that though because like you look at you now and stuff and you're doing YouTube talking in front of a camera podcasts and stuff you're constantly yeah. speaking to people like you do um what do you call it what the expos and stuff like speaking to people constantly and stuff you seem like fine but it's it's interesting because i feel like i've had a similar sort of story in terms of when i was younger i was always great at athletics great at football kind of thing and then it got to when i was i used to live in Newcastle united it got to like that level and i kind of wasn't as like an extroverted person in that scenario like i was very much in school and stuff with the people that i've been around with for years and i went to that scenario and i did kind of feel like it took me probably until the last year at Newcastle for me to actually come out my shell. And then the same sort of thing with that performance anxiety, like look at you now and stuff and you, you're completely different. But when you're going into that scenario where it is a high pressure situation, like in football, where there is a lot of pressure on you, like I've had it the same where you do things in games that you would, you know, in training or in like a practice match, you just wouldn't do. It's just yeah. like you, you, your mind's either like not there, you just like you, your mind goes elsewhere and then you make a mistake. Like I've let a ball come cool, keep it, so I let a ball go through my legs, which was like the most simple collection pickup in like you could ever think of. But it was a yeah. big game, it was at the stadium, the first team manager was watching and then things things like that happened. But And then it's always at the back of your mind. So the next game you're like always thinking about it. But I think... Like your kind of thing, like continue to continue, continue. I think it might just take that one time that it goes well and you do something right, and then you kind of build that momentum again. And it kind of snowballs, like yeah, like yeah. it's snowballed one direction, then one good thing happens, it can snowball the other direction. So, yeah. when do you think it kind of? Could you talk about one of your podcasts, like like you flipped a switch for whatever reason? What do you yeah. think? When was it, and kind of what do you think flipped that switch? Uh, I, I know flip the switch sounds very uh, like black and white and yeah. woke up one day and flipped the switch. It was definitely like a, a switch that gradually kind of like was working its way down to on. Yeah. Um, one, one of the turny ones that you can turn the light on. Yeah, that's it. That's there. It's a one dimmer. It was a dimmer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was a small light and now it's a bright one. Yeah. Um, I, so nothing big happened in my life to, for that to stop. And and I think for some people that something big happens and it like some you know whatever it is and it makes you brings you to reality and it makes you realize that problems aren't that aren't that aren't that big. I've not really had anything huge happen in my life or significant that could have caused a, a big change like that, other than just uh, meeting my friends who were super open minded from loads of different cultures. Um, realized that there's a lot of good people out there and actually people generally have good intentions it's very very few people that have bad intentions so there's not much to be kind of afraid of um but i couldn't get rid of my anxiety until like after uni so what was that 2024 25 probably till i was about 25 so that's only a couple years ago back until i could really get a good control on it and i sort of just immersed myself in positivity and like quote-unquote gurus about yeah. mental health business getting your life on track life coaches and i just listened to all their podcasts and i listened to how they think and i thought 
I'm going to have to just try it. So I just literally just started trying to be super positive. I started putting steps in my business. I started working towards an actual goal uh, and sort of just found a purpose in doing something because I was just idly just i was there for a very very long time i was just there and not yeah. necessarily working towards anything i was like okay i'm supposed to go to school now i'm supposed to go to university now now i need to go get a job just because that's what life tells you to do do you know what i mean yeah. i was uh-huh. super scared about every single step until yeah man i just literally listened to like gary v like i listened to gary v like religiously and i uh, not not anymore but i did back in the day and i just i fully bought into his idea and i fully jumped into his mindset you know, shut the fuck up and do. Let's fucking go then. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I just, I did, and it worked. Like it worked, and now, uh, now I can appreciate parts of him, and also parts of him which are a bit crazy. But yeah, yeah, man, that was literally it. it was nothing special. It was literally just listening to Gary V, <laughs> just shouting at you, know, like hustle, yeah. shouting at yourself. That's interesting though, because it is like they always say, like the five people surround yourself with, like they're the ones that influence you the most, kind of thing. And eat, but. It doesn't have to be like an actual physical person. Like it could just be someone. Yeah, if you are a very like intrinsic person, you don't like speak to a lot of people and stuff. It can be like the people you watch on YouTube or the people you listen yeah. to in podcast wise. Like I was the same. Like watch yourself, Tom. Podcast wise, um, a lot of mindfulness sort of stuff. That's like looking at myself. Even like three, four years ago, when I started listening to podcasts and watching YouTube and stuff, like my mindset's changed a lot because of the people that I watch. Not so much the people that I was surrounding myself with because in football like I don't think it's a very much there is one or two individuals that are quite mindful and stuff you do get the odd kind of like wise wiser kind of people but a lot of footballers are just the kind of they aren't very switched on and that's certain stuff I think at the higher level it's obviously a little bit different but like I can I can even say myself like stuff like that like youtubers podcasters and stuff have changed my mentality and kind of you're seeing them do all this stuff and then they're talking about like you talk about your anxiety and stuff. Now you're doing all this. It kind of shows me that, all right, I might feel like this now, but somebody who's at the top of the game was also feeling like this at one point and then yeah. just got to do things and just kind of, it'll snowball and snowball and progress. And yeah, I, agree. I think that's why it took, I think that's why it took me so long to even change my mindset because I didn't, I didn't do the internet. Well, I say do the internet. That's such an old yeah. person thing to say. I didn't like watch much YouTube. I didn't, believe i didn't i didn't know what the feeling across my chest was i didn't know what yeah. anxiety is I, I just heard it in passing i didn't know what it felt like i didn't realize i'd been having it but now with social media you get people talk about it all the time and you've got idols on, on social media and, that, and like, like you said that's a really really good point like the five people that surround you they don't need to be your best mates they don't need to be your girlfriend your mom they can be people that you just look at on the on the line right so yeah. like, there's a big thing at the moment that people are just saying Get rid of the people that you just are toxic on your timeline. Get rid of those people who are just chatting this and chatting that. It's not worth investing your 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 day into. Mm-hmm. You know, and just curate curating what what you're looking at can really really have a bigger big bigger big um big effect as well. Yeah, definitely. Because you can tell that like, you're still, you've got a decent little set obviously with Joe. You've got the podcast with Joe and um, Tom yeah. as well, kind of thing. Like them sort of people. And then you talk about AJ Morris kind of thing, which was interesting little topic to move on to is social media you said you kind of looked at what he was doing and he he was like 19 or something 18 19 when he started and what he was doing putting out content you looked at what he was doing and you almost copied it but put your own twist on it which i think a lot of people these days they're worried about doing that because they're gonna they're gonna feel like someone's gonna say right you're just copying that person like if it's working for them like they're obviously doing something right so what's your kind of opinion on on that come see if you mind 
I think that um, for a very long time with my social media career, I didn't really do anything new at all. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't invent any way to post something. I didn't think about how this would look cool. I just went. Mm, I quite like to read things like that, so I'm going to do that as well. Yeah. And then, like, as you kind of go through the process, you can obviously get a little bit more, a bit more specific. But like, in, like in terms of AJ, like, yeah, I literally. I messaged him as well. I said, I'm going to yeah. copy you exactly. <laughs> I should find that message one day. I said, I'm going to copy you. I just, I just admire what you do. I'm going to yeah. copy it. Do you mind? He's like, nah, not at all. And for That's me, funny. like, if you want to get into a space, you've got to, it's about finding the trend. It's about finding what people, people look for. It's about being relevant. And it's about making things look nice. And there's only, like, social media has been around for a very long time now. There's only so many ways you can make things look nice. It's going to end up being the same as someone else's eventually, right? So just, you know, yeah. you can skip the bullshit learning process by just learning from someone else. Like, yeah. it's easy. Uh-huh. You know, why, why would you go the long way around because you don't want to copy someone? I mean, you copy them because you emulate, you, you admire them. You, they're, you know trying to emulate them it should be it should be flattering to someone else you know yeah people invest in in me for me people invest into aj for aj if they see the same piece of content they're going to be people that say i want to hear it from aj i don't want to hear it from josh and they're going to be people vice versa so Uh putting your own spin on things making it unique to you yeah Um, and then eventually like after what has it been six seven years you're going to understand what people click on more and you're going to understand what people enjoy the format more and and then you just do it again and you can get the feedback again, you know? Yeah. It's just like trial and error, isn't it really? Cause you'll try one thing and it won't work. Like I've, I've had things that just haven't worked whatsoever. Like I try to do a competition giveaway thing. I just didn't, the way I did it was completely wrong. And I literally had like two people that like were interested. And I was just like, oh, never mind that. I'll scrap that one. And the next time I've done one, it was a bit more of a success. Like exactly. you're going to, you're going to, it's all about going to make stuff. So talking about your success in terms of YouTube, when do you think was there like a pinnacle video or like moment where it obviously took up? Obviously, I know you've been doing it a long time, so it's always going to be a gradual progress, but do you think there was a moment where it did kind of start to progress a bit, bit faster? Um, so in terms of, nah, like it's just natural progression, right? It's just natural progression. Like you start off pretty rubbish then you just get better. Then you just get better than, you, your minimum is pretty good like your minimum like you know the videos i can put together in a couple hours like they're, they're pretty good um i'd say the only thing that made things move faster was when i said this is my job yeah that, that was the only different i think that's the only time when things would pick up you know because i've been like you said this is six years it's only 30 i know it's a lot of people for a lot of people it's only 30 you know thirty-eight thousand people that follow me on instagram I appreciate there's a lot more than most people, but there's millions out there, millions, hundreds of thousands, especially in the fitness industry as well. Mm-hmm. So like in the in the circle, it seems like I got a lot, but in the actual industry, it's not a lot. Um, for, for how long it's been, it's been six years of like consistency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as I said to myself, this is a job, this is, this is going to be paying my bills at some point is when I actually went, okay, let's stop just fucking taking your phone out and clicking click on a photo and then putting it up. Let's get some really good photos. Let's really put the information in concise and let's actually sell yourself, like do it properly. Give, give people what they want to hear and, and provide the value that you want to give. And that was when more progression happened, but there definitely wasn't a defining point. Yeah, still on that, still on that ladder, man. I'm only like a quarter of the way up on the ladder. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a long process, and I think now with YouTube as well, I think when you fit like if you were back in the Guzman days or the August days, I think even if you put a half decent video out, you would yeah. do all right, kind of thing. And I yeah, think yeah, now, yeah. like I've started YouTube stuff, and it's now. just 
it's so hard. Like I feel I don't know if you if you do need like that one viral video just to get your your face out there kind of thing, and then people to come in. Like the gradual process will probably it took you like six seven years to get to the point you're at. Like if you're starting up now, it's probably gonna take like seven eight nine maybe depend like yeah. unless I mean, you I mean, get that video. Yeah, I, yes, exactly. That's what I say. I said there's a few ways that you're gonna make it. It's either gonna be very very lucky with a viral video. Or you've been doing it for like ten years, <laughs> like literally. Yeah. I was like, you're gonna you're gonna get that lucky break, or or an amazing collaboration with someone, right? Yeah. I collaborate with Guzman, I get twenty thousand followers. Twenty thousand on top of thirty makes fifty. Fifty already exponentially growing, and it is exponential, right? From the time it takes to get to naught to five hundred is about the same as it takes to get to one to two thousand. Yeah. You know? So it's it like exponentially increases as you go. Yeah, no, it's just it's just got to think why I call the podcast process because you just got to literally trust the process. And I think because if you enjoy something that you do, like I'm enjoying podcasting, YouTubing, and stuff like that, it's been a very very slow gradual process. But I think if you do enjoy it, you're gonna do it long term. And then I think if you you put your mind in the right place, you're gonna kind of grow yeah. anyway. Like no matter how long it takes, like it might take me twenty years to get there. I might be old and grey still on YouTube and have 1,000 followers, but they might, then the next month I might on, be on 200,000. You never know what can happen. Exactly. You never know. Yeah, never know. Mate. So moving on to a little bit about social media. Do you kind of plan out your content maybe in a diary or is it kind of just you make stuff up as you go kind of thing? Maybe you do a session and you, there was a point in the session you're like, oh, I should do a little post on this kind of thing. Do you, or do you kind of periodize yeah. and plan them all back them yeah so I'm, I'm definitely not like a, a huge planner in my in in just in myself i'm a very unorganized person yeah. i've got like a i've so i have notes right i have a obviously everyone's got notes i have podcast instagram youtube whatever whatever and i'll yeah. every single time there's any idea or i see a post that i like i just write down what that is mm-hmm. so then i've got like a a library of topics that i can go to if i need to um YouTube is a little bit more structured. I know that I want to get a video every three to four days. So I'm kind of, I have a few videos like in advanced uh, topics already, already down. Um, things like Instagram though, like if there's like something that's really relevant at the moment, if there's something that a topic that just takes precedent over the other topics that I've got, like talking about protein can wait a week. If there's something big that's come up in, yeah. in the news, you can talk about that. You can jump on that. Um, like I'm a, I do like spontaneous posts, you know, I'd say 50% of them are probably like spontaneous. Like I can yeah. just be sat there and thinking like, what's relevant? What do I want to talk about? What value can I give? And also over the years, well, since I've been doing this full time, so 18 months, I'm in that habit of thinking, I would probably want to watch this if, if someone was watching my story, right? So people interested in what I eat, let me just snap the food. Let me put the calories, the macros, this people want to know how I do upper chest work. I'm going to put the lines in and I just kind of, I've got that habit of thinking I can make some value out of this post throughout my day. So I've kind of got in that habit of things, but nothing's like massively planned to be honest. I know, I know like, um, I know some people that plan really, really advanced like Tom, but Tom has like a full schedule timeline and that's the type of person he is, you know. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not that type of person. Yeah, I'll probably say it to you because a lot of mine, I have, I have kind of like, especially over lockdown, I've had a little bit more time to myself kind of thing. Yeah. There was a period where I was doing that, but a lot of the time I was ended up making posts on the day and just putting it on. And then these ones, I've still got like two or three, which I haven't posted. I've had them on my, sitting on my phone for like two months yeah. kind of thing. Like you said, a lot of things that become relevant at the time, you'd rather just put them out, which I think is one of the reasons like talking about interaction with followers, like you might only have what, 30, 
40,000 followers on Instagram or whatever, but yeah. you, it, you, Tom, that kind of like, I say little group of people that all have the similar like high interaction, even though they've got like, yeah. I know a lot of people in fitness who know you, they know Tom, they know Joe, they know that all that JJ and all that sort of group, but they might not know someone who's got like, you see them who've got like, 750,000 followers like there's, there's people yeah. I see on Instagram and fitness people who I've never heard of in my entire life but everybody kind of knows that what do you think is is there any sort of like you can't really see there's one key thing that yeah. helps that what do you think kind of helps helps you achieve that um I think first and foremost, it's going to be just the realness, right? It's just yeah. like, I'm just going to be myself because it's actually very exhausting not being yourself. Like I've done that for the first two years on YouTube when I was trying to, hey guys, what's up? It's Josh Bridgman here. How are you doing? I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just too joking. <laughs> I'm not that type of person, right? Yeah. So I think it's like, it's like, I think with us, like that group specifically, it's like, it's taking complicated information and making it really easy to digest for, for nearly everyone. Mm-hmm. It's being pretty, um, well, I'd say like pretty just normal. Like we are just normal people. We try and be ourselves all the time. There's not much things, if anything, that I can think that I've like hyped up over over what is actually me as a person. I couldn't have ever done that. Same with those guys. Um, I had a point in my head. It's gone. Um, and, ju- and, and, and just being like relatable, I think. Yeah. Like I, I think it's... This, and this will probably be something that we do face, hopefully, we face when we get to a quarter of a million followers, hopefully, uh, <laughs> is, is, being, is being relatable, right? Like, because at the moment, I live with my mum, I'm trying to buy a new car, I'm making my food out of my mum's thing, and my mum's just gone shopping for me. Like, I'm just your regular dude, like, yeah. like 99% of the people follow me, but when it gets to the point where whatever i'm guzman and i've got my r8 on the drive it's it's harder to relate to those people right even yeah. like of, of course if you've if you've been through the journey with them you can appreciate it and guzman's obviously super humble so it's pretty easy to follow him still but it being relatable being just a normal dude and i think i think people can just see themselves in us and just you know what we're just a bunch of lads having fun and we're doing what we love every day and like the thing that people can just relate to that yeah, you, you are all quite down to it. The same with I spoke to you and Jack Forburn. Like, I think he's a funny guy. Yeah, Jack's really nice. There's, 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 I know there's a lot of like mixed, like there's a mixed bag of people who obviously don't like him and stuff in the industry, but I think he's, I like his, his Instagram stories and his Fuck posts. those people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck the haters. But he's funny. I think he's funny, but you can, like, literally what you see on Instagram stories and stuff like that is what you get in real life. Like, yeah, and then you that's probably what I like see, to think. Yeah, you, then you see a lot of the people who have got maybe the millions of followers or the class is almost like celebrities and they're probably, like, they're the type of people that sell those fake, the, like, the shakes and stuff that are going to yeah. make you lose fat and all that sort of stuff. Like, they're promoting fake I, so you can't really... Yeah, I'd like to think that they're losing value. I, yeah. I feel like it, I, maybe it's because it's the people that we follow and the people we surround ourselves with that we think that that side of the fitness industry is getting smaller. It might not be because we're not really in that side of the fitness industry. Yeah, but I'd like to think that people are getting called out for the shakes, the fat loss injections, the whatever. The, the uh, here's my twelve week reduced plan from two hundred dollars to fifty dollars. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. They're just trying to get clicks and money in and. I'd like to think it's getting, I don't think it is, but I think I'd like to think it is in England at least. Yeah, I think it is over here because I see a lot of like even smaller like YouTubers or Instagrams and stuff, they're ex- exposed on it. Obviously, the likes of yourself and stuff always sharing stuff, but a lot of smaller ones are even exposed on like the big ones. Like I've seen, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody who, I might, I'm not, I might come say it was a Gymshark 
um, athlete, but it might have been. I swear it was like an either a, a pillow workout or a pan workout. I can't remember like some like stuff like that. Or like there was somebody I know who was promoting a, a protein shake, like a, a weight loss protein shake, and saying, "Oh, this is what I was doing to lose yeah. thirty kilograms." Or well, I can't remember how much it was, but I actually know who the personal trainer of that person was, oh, and okay. they didn't get any credit for it whatsoever. Which is the thing, like. But I've seen loads of people sharing the stuff on social media and stuff, exposing them. So I think it is getting a lot, a lot better in terms of that. Sort it's of hard stuff. though, right? Imagine, imagine someone says I'm going to pay you ten grand if you say this. Yeah, I know that changes your life. Changes yeah. your life. Yeah, I know, mate. It's Especially very, if, you've very ne- if you've never had access to that money like that before. It's crazy. Or well, maybe that's your only job, and you just do one of those posts a month, and you get ten grand a month. Yeah, it's like it's, it's 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 like until you stop rewarding that behavior, you're not going to stop it, right? Yeah, it's crazy. You see these guys with like a, two million followers, and they're getting ten thousand likes. I'm like, there's something wrong here. Like, mm-hmm. appreciate yeah. it five times more than me, but you've got a hundred times the followers. So what's going on? You know? Yeah. And it's just those. I don't like saying the word sheep, but it's those like just people who are just very passive and they just believe what happens on on the screen is real yeah and i think it's a lot of people like like people like that like people just follow them because who of who they are kind of thing it's like obviously you can't really say the same thing but people follow like the rock or Conor, like, you, can, you can you can't really say kind of because people do follow them for the content but you see people like that they just follow them for actual following them yeah, whereas yeah, people yeah. like like who follow yourself and Tom and all that, like we follow them because of the content and stuff and yeah, you kind of follow your journey, which is why you've got such a high interaction, uh, which I think as well. But do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you, obviously being such a big influence on a lot of people's lives? Like you do have a big influence on a lot of people's lives and a lot of people kind of look up to you and stuff. Do you feel a bit of pressure yourself? Uh, yeah, like in short, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely kind of came into this with... Like, I remember one time someone said, you need to be careful. I said something that may, whatever, standard shit could have been misconstrued by someone. And they messaged me and they said, you need to be careful what you say. You're an educator. I went, no, I'm not. I just post things on the internet. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, whether you like it or not, people are going to read this and educate themselves from it. So you've got to be careful. And I was like, "Ah, yeah, but I didn't, you know, in my short uh, reply, I was like, yeah, but I didn't sign up for that. You know, that's not my problem. Well, actually, no, it is because it's what I signed up for. Like, I ha- I am an educator, so whether I want to be or not, I am an influencer, whether I want to be an influence on people or not. It's uh-huh. just what happens when you're in this position. So yeah, you get that pressure of, you know, even more now with the political climate that we're in, yeah. you've got a pressure to say something, but then if you say something, you've got the other, because you've got the pressure on that side of saying you shouldn't have said this. So there is a lot of pressure in terms of how I say things. So I definitely think about what I say a lot more yeah. rather than just be like, this is me, whether you like it or not. It's more like, no, is this like, who's going to read this the wrong way? I try and make things very, very clear because I, you haven't got a choice. It's this, you've just been dealt this card as part of, as part of uh, the social media, the social media life. Um, but I also got a lot of, pre- a, a lot of pressure to perform. Uh-huh. in bodybuilding and in mm-hmm. like in, in, in everything now that people have followed this mindset that i have and i kind of put it out there people only expect that now right so when i have yeah. a day where it's or a week or a month because it happens and in fact the month before quarantine i was like this i just was a bit oh, i'm tired i'm because that's real life that's real shit like i'm motivation isn't linear right yeah like you've got that pressure on you as an influencer 
because you get messages every day that say, oh my God, I can't believe your mindset, you know, whatever, whatever. You've kind of got this thing in your head that says, come on, like, these guys need it. Let's do it for them. Um, and then, it, you know, when it comes, I don't know what it's going to be like this year, but when it comes to this, this pro card run, yeah. it's not me going for the pro card. It's 38,000 people saying I'm going to get that pro card. And if I don't get that and I've got 38,000 people saying I'm going to get it, it's like yeah. the pressure is going to be real this year. And I've got to try and separate myself from it as much as possible, obviously, but I can already feel that pressure mounting closer and closer. I get to that season, this yeah. twenty twenty one. So, yeah, there's pressure, but it's it's part it's part of the job, right? It's with the job title. Yeah, exactly. It's like anybody in social media, like they have to be first of all careful what they put on. Like there was, there was a, you probably might have seen it or might not. There was a lad from up in Newcastle who just recently got exposed for racism and stuff. But yeah, he was I a big, that. yeah, it's crazy. Like just how your life can change like that if you're not careful about it, but. Then there's also the pressure, like you said, to perform and also to put out content constantly. Like if you go like blank, like on your Instagram or YouTube and stuff for like a week, people are gonna be like, "What's happened, to Josh? Like, is he all right?" Is he all right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, do you ever feel like do you ever feel like you're like, "Nah, I need like a few days off here. I need to like stop doing this." So like, I feel like giving up something. Have you ever had little moments like that? Do yeah, you yeah. feel? Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, man. I think um, December last year, I really hit like a a wall. Like a really, really big war. I'd been, I started prepping in May just before body part, even before that. So I started prepping April. Uh, and obviously it was my first year using anabolics. So I had this pressure of like, this is, you know, I'm going to be a pro this year because I've got anabolics in me, which obviously didn't uh -huh. um, And I pushed really hard with content. I pushed really hard with my business. And it kind of came to Jan uh, December and I, and I kind of checked out. I checked out literally for the whole of December. Yeah. I was very lucky in the fact that most people had checked out because it's Christmas time, but I was just, you know, just whatever, post here, post there, missed like three, four days in a row, something that I'd never do. And I was just mentally tired. I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of posts. I couldn't think of going into a gym and training. I was just, I hit that brick wall and I just, re I realized at the end of the, because I went on holiday at the same time, I realized that by the end of the holiday that. I needed to find a much better balance because I'd been mm -hmm. on full throttle for the entire year. I pushed so hard, obviously pushed drugs up. Yeah. I then said to myself, right, competition's over. I need to capitalize on this rebound so I get really, really healthy, get this, get that. And I pushed from you know October till December again. So I didn't have a day off for like you know nine months or something. I was just on it, on, on it, like on yeah. fire, brain on fire. And then it just stopped one day. And I was just like, why can't I think of anything? And I'd be there with my phone out on Instagram like, no, I can't think of anything. I'll just turn it off again. So I just, you know, and I, so yeah, I, I needed to find a better balance, which, which I wanted to find this year. But now we've had quarantine. I've not yeah. had a chance to kind of back off. So it's, you know, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel good at bettering myself this year. Good, um, yeah. and, and like even with competing, dude, like n no champion, no person has ever not doubted themselves. Every single oh. champion, every single Ronaldo, Messi, at one point they would have said to themselves, I can't do this mm -hmm. and that's what that's what makes them great right so yeah for sure for sure yeah. you, you mentioned you mentioned something like that about um doubting yourself in terms of like not being creative i think it was, it was your last, last podcast i listened to on about like not like, doubting yourself in terms of creating content and stuff and creating instagram yeah. like you don't feel like you are creative yet you've created this you've got your brand obviously um one more rep you've got your like social media and everything kind of thing you obviously are creative but you were on about saying like everyone doubts themselves until they kind of get that break or maybe something goes well for them kind of thing yeah. you still you still have doubts in yourself now in terms of stuff like that yeah 100% man 100% man um i think it's just like human human 
human in it uh, what's the word human nature to yeah, yeah. to compare yourself to other people you know and like for for me like the people that i'm around they, they're great and and they're amazing at what they do like i can't help but you know fuck, i don't give a shit to say their name i I can't help but think Brian's a pro and i'm like fuck i just want to be you know like he's one above me i can't help but look at tom's content and be like that content is perfect like that's what i want yeah. you know i can't help but compare myself to those people so i'm not saying that i'm putting myself down next to them it's just that that doubt comes in my head i'm like how come he does that better how can he's done this better it's 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 normal it's 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 how you get better it's you know you look at someone what's doing better and you think oh that's really really good you know I'm, i can't do that why do people follow me for this if they've got that for example the um mem- member site right yeah I, I wanted to bring a member site and i thought I can't bring a member site because everyone's got one. Why would they come to my one if they've got that one? Uh, and that's not how it works because people subscribe yeah. to me for me, right? And for a very long time, for a good few weeks, I was just like, no, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna build a website. There's no need for me to do that because they'll just go to Tom's, they'll just go to JP's, they'll just go to AJ's. Yeah. But that's not how people think. Like people follow me who don't follow them, right? So it's exactly it's it's self doubt is normal. Self doubt is is self-doubt is key to do the opposite of that right you need self-doubt in order to feel self-confidence at some point yeah exactly and also if you don't like like you're on about the member site if you don't go and try it then you're never going to know are you it's always going to be the back of your mind like i could have had this like you're on about it could have been a professional footballer like well go and try and be one and see what happens if you really want it that but bad just go out just go out and do it yeah, but then exactly. like you obviously then it comes back to the thing about worrying about copying people but you're going to bring your own value and you've got followers that obviously don't follow them they might also follow them but they might also come to yours because you've got a different angle on things like not everybody's going to be the same it's like well my podcast i've seen a few like even in the cast we've got quite a good few small like small influencers like between 1000 to 10,000 followers on whatever like they've started doing a little bit more and then that's kind of pushed me like right i'm behind them but i want to get to the same level so i'm started podcast youtube and stuff and then you never know what could happen you could one day things could kick off but yeah man. uh last little thing and then obviously obviously i don't want to leave you too long but we'll talk a little bit about bodybuilding because obviously the mindset in terms of bodybuilding especially when it comes to prep is like a massive respect for anybody who kind of goes down that route and obviously with yourself going to the quote-unquote dark side as they call it but what is your mindset in terms of First of all, going taking that kind of leap in terms of bodybuilding because obviously I, I, I probably you probably agree with me in terms of to get to the top top level like where you want to get to, which is Olympia. You probably do need to push down that route, but also knowing the side effects of what it has yeah. as well. Um, just to talk a little bit about that, and also like people have so many misconceptions of steroids and stuff as well, which yeah, I think yeah, a lot yeah. of people need to clear up. For but, sure, man. Um, yeah. So it is a big, big big decision mm-hmm. uh i think i think what people tend to miss I, I don't know if they tend to miss it but what people tend to miss is that the moment that you do take something could be the moment that you don't come back normally mm-hmm. you know is that chance big probably not right it's probably a small chance but i can't tell you how many stories of kids i've heard who just use anavar when they're 18 to try and get a little bit leaner yeah. you now have just weirdly low testosterone that doesn't make sense because you're 22 years old 23 years old and you should be in the prime of your life yeah. is that from out of i don't know but it, the coincidences seem a little bit too too too, too much um i think another thing is, is if you are going to take it for bodybuilding you are not going to do one cycle it doesn't work like that right you're going to do one oh my god it looks so good you're going to come off and then you're going to be a little bit worse 
and then you're going to want to get better again, right? And yeah. if you're competing, you're doing it to get better each time. So no doubt you're pushing a little bit more each time. And each time that you push, each time that you use, mm-hmm. the further and further away you get back from being able to come be normal again and be able to never use it again. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for two years. I may have to, I may have to inject myself every single week for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm only 27. I've got 50, you know, fingers crossed. I've got 50 years I've got to inject myself or use testosterone cream or whatever it is potentially potentially and that's something that people just don't think about like if you're doing this to bodybuild you're not competing one season you're doing two three four seasons if you're going to be a pro it's two seasons if you're going to be on the olympia stage it's four seasons if you want to win the olympia it's six seasons you know bearing in mind you take a year out or whatever that's six years that you're going to be using and potentially fucking yourself up hormonally Mm -hmm. and for that short-term game Obviously, it's a personal question, right? It's, it's, it's a moral question. If you're fine with it morally, sound. You do whatever you want, as long as you don't hurt anyone else. For me, it just doesn't make sense. And people, people don't look at the long-term picture. You know? Yeah. I know, I know so many people... Like, yeah, I was going to say that like, because long-term, you want to kind of be Mr. Lemire, hopefully. We'll get, get there one day, mate. But in terms of anybody who is like looking to start, because I've had like, even just a few of my mates who I know, they're like, oh... Like I'm, I'm debating starting this sort of thing. Like I don't have any sort of knowledge in it at all. Like I'll, I'll never take them just because obviously I'm sporting background and stuff. But for anybody who takes, them, I have massive respect if you go down that route correctly. But I still get people ask me like, "Oh, I'll take this, take like I want to take this." I'm like, like, even watching your videos, I know that that's not what you should be doing, kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. is there any what would you say to someone who is just thinking about doing it, whether it's for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Yeah. Uh... I think I think you need to outsource unless you've done a hell of a lot of research. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for two years, uh, while I've been researching for two years, and I would say now, after those two years, is probably when I'd be confident enough to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Right, that's two years later after using it with two years of researching it before. Like I get these questions that say, like you, that just don't make sense. Uh-huh. And if you're asking a question that doesn't make sense, you don't need to be anywhere near putting an injection in you. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy. Like how much a Rimidex, you know, which is uh, an anti-cancer drug do yeah. I need to take per day to do this? I'm like, you don't want to take it at all at any point. You want to avoid that. But how you avoid that is by this, this, and this, and then monitoring this. And they're like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, well, why are we having this conversation? Yeah. It's very, very difficult, right? But the foundation here has got to be blood work. It's, it's got to be blood work because we have the ability to show you what is happening in your body and to tell you if you are fucking yourself up or not. We can literally read that off a piece of paper. So do it. You know, otherwise, you're reading a book with your eyes closed. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and people are scared of paying £150 for a, for a test, you know, but they'll put £150 worth of test in them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. So it's, 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 I don't know. It's difficult. You've got to just... I mean, you've got to educate as much as you can. There's some really, really good educators in the field. Joe Jeffrey, Dr. Dean, Callum from mm. the Muscle Mentors, Luke from the Muscle Mentors. I, I outsourced it. You know, I knew I was not equipped to do this on my own. I knew uh-huh. I needed a team around me. So I have Cal, I have Dr. Dean, and they will consult me on every single time I make any decision. Uh-huh. And I pay a lot of money for it. You know, like I pay a lot of money for that service. And it's yeah. just what people are afraid of and i can appreciate why i can appreciate why it's a very daunting thing and i can appreciate why taking a little out of our pill is a lot more appealing than just you know going the full way um 
but you got your due diligence to educate yourself. You're not just going to affect you. You're going to affect your family. You're going to affect your parents. You're going to affect your wife. If you suddenly have heart disease at 40 years old, because you smashed trend for two years in a row. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you got to be considerate of everyone. And you know, if you want kids, you've got to be considerate of that as well. Yeah, I know. People don't think about the big picture until they literally think like, all right, I'm going to take this, that and the other for Ibiza in six weeks time. That's all they think about. They don't think about the after effect and stuff. When everybody asks me, I, I say it like, like I said, I don't really know a lot, but I say it, good work. And also go and speak to someone like a coach, get a, hire yourself a coach if you're going to, because at the end of the day, it's your body and your health. So it's, do you, do you want to live until you're 50, like you're on about a, a more than 50, hopefully 70, 80, have kids, have a family and stuff like that. So you've got to think about that long term. So just wanted to quickly touch on that. So we'll finish off because we've been on for quite a bit. Three little questions that I've been asking everybody on my podcast. I don't know if you've had a little look at them just right at the end. Yeah, I did. I actually, I did have them up a minute ago. Yeah, just a little, um, little bit of fun at the end. So three people you would like to invite round for dinner, coffee. Just three people you'd like to meet in general. Uh, C-Bum's up there for sure. Yeah. I would love to just, I don't even need to train with him. I'd love to just kick it with him, play a little bit of cod or whatever, just chill out. Yeah. That'd be really, really cool. Um, I'd love to ask him about his his like teens when he first started training, and just uh, that that uh, that initial like two years that he started training because he went from like super skinny tall dude to just unbelievable. And I'd love to know, I'd love to know what gear he ran to be honest. Right, yeah. right, this is right <laughs> at the start, I, and Straight. how long he's been on. Yeah, first question: What gear you yeah. on? <laughs> like, so then, Chris, what gear are you on? <laughs> um, Arnold, I would love to speak to Arnold. Um, I think he's he's got a lot more to offer than just bodybuilding, but obviously I love the bodybuilding side of it. It'd be really, really cool to have a deep conversation with him. Um, and probably like Joe Rogan or something like that. Oh, yeah, just yeah. just get on a like a three, four hour bender with him and just, just see what <laughs> he has to talk about life and just, oh, it'd be cool. Because I've got a lot of things I like to talk about, yeah. Yeah, he's got so much knowledge about literally everything. Like, I don't yeah. know how he... Yeah. Don't know how he has the time to learn all this stuff. Like you hear him on podcasts with like some scientists to do with neurochemistry or something. Then he's talking to like Ronnie Coleman the other day. He's talking yeah, about bodybuilding and stuff like that. It's yeah. crazy. It's so impressive. I love I love his mindset to life. So it'd be good. To yeah, know. he's great. He's a great. His training looks brutal as well. I've seen a few videos of his training. Yeah, he's a beast. He's beast. a beast. Uh, and then the second question: three people you'd want to train with. I'm gonna be repetitive and put c-bum again because I, yeah. <laughs> I just think it would be epic yeah um i think it would be good i'd love to have trained with ronnie back in the day as well i like yeah. I, don't get me wrong i don't agree with all the training he does i don't agree with with like the why well, you can see what he's like now and he's yeah. actually brutalized from his training but just to be in the atmosphere of yeah buddy <laughs> just lightweight <laughs> yep it would be oh god <laughs> Like, come on, one mile, one mile. <laughs> It'd be so good. So, so good. And then, and then Dorian again for the exact same thing, like the intensity. Yeah. But obviously, that's that coincides with what I do right now, the, the high intensity training. So, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah, his training has changed massively now because he's proper. I don't know who I was talking to about, but he's a proper, like, he's, 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 he's vegan now. He's a yogi now. Yeah, he does all that. Which I yeah, think man. you probably, at, at one point, you can't just like keep smashing heavyweights and stuff around for the rest of your life. You, like, you got to reverse the damage that he's done, right? Yeah, 100%. And then the last little question is, one thing that you'd say to yourself five years ago? You're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to do it? You're going to do what's in your head. It's going to work. And here I am. <laughs> uh, simple, mate. I know. Just plan, execute, and just keep going with it. Perfect. So uh, what are your kind of plans for future? 
obviously I know you want to push for the Olympia and stuff bodybuilding wise so business wise as well what you're trying what's your, your plans yeah I just want to I just want to grow grow the audience grow the movement um hopefully have some seriously educated motherfuckers out of there which would be really nice um and just be like be a be a big movement in the industry right I want I want it to be a household name in every gym I want one of my to be a movement I want that to be the mindset that people have um and I want to I want to teach people the right things about health and fitness uh-huh. perfect mate no spot on it's been a pleasure having you on mate thank you for oh, taking the time out of your day so uh hopefully the podcast will be up in a few weeks but thank you very much mate yeah i appreciate it man thanks for coming cheers so thank you very much if you listened to the full episode and thank you again josh for coming on and taking the time out of his day to do the episode with myself so Forgot to shout out Josh's social medias at the end of the podcast. So his Instagram is just Josh Bridgman. Uh, same as his YouTube, just search Josh Bridgman and it will come up. And then his podcast is called Bridging the Gap. A uh, great podcast, so get subscribed to that one as well. And if you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast, remember to share it on your story. Get subscribed to the podcast for more episodes, which will be coming weekly. And also, if you really, really enjoy the episode, give us a five-star review and just a little review at the end, which would mean a lot to me. So thank you very much. If you don't know my social media, it's in the show notes and Josh's will be there as well, but it's Brendan Pearson Fitness. Thank you very, very much for listening to this episode. There'll be plenty more good episodes to come. It's been a pleasure. This has been Process.